in a world gone mad. Only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, good. I was going to say good morning, everybody. Hi, welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World, episode 14, I believe. 14. Uh, Andrew and and Jerry Save the Oscars, uh, live from our respective studios today. Uh, We're going to be joined in a moment by Christian Toto, who's a writer, uh, the the writer and author, creator of Hollywood in Toto. Uh, We're going to talk to him uh, about the Oscars. But before we do that, um, you know, I am going to go directly to our Rip from the Headlines segment. Ripped from the Headlines. And Jerry, um, so they're calling for a, another booster shot. They're, uh, Fauci's talking about more lockdowns. Um, this is all political, is it not? Well, of course. Uh, Dr. Fauci was on the morning Sunday shows just this past weekend, and he was asked point blank, uh, the COVID protocols, the restrictions, the lockdowns, uh, did they work? And he said, absolutely they saved lives. The problem with that is he's wrong. And the evidence that's coming out, look, just recently, uh, studies have been released and uh, major newspapers like the Post, the Washington Post, New York Times, so not conservative leaning sites, uh, talked about this study where more people under the age of 65 uh, died from alcohol related issues than COVID-19. And so- and so this idea of more boosters uh, and 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 more restrictions. But let, let, let me there, there is one well, hold on, before you get to let's come back to this, Jerry, because Christian Toto is arrived. Oh, very good. Let's go to our expert advice segment. Excellent. Expert advice. Welcome to our expert advice segment. Uh, we're so glad to bring on our guest today. His name is Christian Toto. He is a, a writer. He is a, a, a runs a website, created a website called Hollywood in Toto, hollywoodintoto.com. Love having him on to talk about uh, uh, movies and the business of entertainment. Uh, we're going to get to why Hollywood and Disney hates the rest of us. But Christian, let me start here. Before we get into the nitty gritty of the slapping incident, I got something that's bothering me. Okay. Um, uh, the Academy uh, of uh, Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, whatever it is, the Academy, uh, came out yesterday uh, on Wednesday, so two and a half, almost three days after the slapping incident occurred, and they said that on Wednesday that they had asked Will Smith to leave, and he refused to leave. And there is no, there is no evidence of this, and because there is no evidence of this, I am deep. I mean, right. There's no video. There are no pictures of people going and whispering in Will Smith's ear. Hey, get the hell out of here. Uh, and him saying, no, I, and what, what, I mean, am I right to be deeply, deeply skeptical of this? I mean, we should always be skeptical, about just about everything in modern times. Yeah. One thing that does support it though, is I don't think Will Smith has rebutted that, that mm. argument. So I think if Will Smith wasn't asked to leave, I think he'd raise his hands and say, I, again, I apologize for what I did, but I was not asked to leave the premises. That's my only uh, caveat here. But the timing is odd, and yeah. I think that the I think there's been an increasing pressure on the Academy to uh, to kind of explain why they did nothing, why yeah. why the show went on, why he was able to stay in the building and give his speech 
And of course, there was a, a lot of applause and accolades for Will Smith that night, which again, I think in retrospect looks pretty bad. Yes, it, it was it was it was strange. We are all, all in agreement that it was a real smack. It was yes. not it was not staged, right? Yeah, I mean, I think the last three days, whatever the time has been, there's been no inclination that this that this wasn't real. And I think that there's all these sort of circumstantial evidence that it was the reactions, the the fallout. I mean, you know, <laughs> he could well, use real. Folks, I, what, I what, say, what's there to gain by doing this? For it, that's exactly right. That's exactly what 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 others have, have said, and I agree. I, but I love the folks who are out there and analyzing each frame like it's the Zabruder film, <laughs> you know. And we're what back into the left, back into the left. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Jerry. Go ahead. I know you. I know you want to jump in here. Well, a, a couple of things on this particular incident. Uh, number one, Fresh Prince has become the Dark Prince. <laughs> uh, and until he's able to truly, and he hasn't done this yet. I know he offered an apology that evening, that night to the Academy itself and to those in attendance, but not the Chris rock. And then the next day there was the Instagram, but here's the thing in my mind, uh, there's what I call, or a friend of mine, uh, uh, guy Shepard from planned man calls, uh, the, the four F's, uh, you, you fudge up, you fess up. Uh, you fix it and then you forgive. Right. Uh, and I'm a Christian, so I believe in forgiveness and redemption. And if someone is asking for forgiveness, I believe it's, if it's sincere, we offer it and we move on. But that being said, in his apology, he said, and this is when an apology is never an apology, hmm. but he used the, uh, I, like, I did this, I was wrong, but you know, it was my wife. Well, then you're not apologizing then. And so I, I, I think that Will, Will Smith has a, has a way to go uh, before he's back to uh, Fresh Prince. And I think it's you have to apologize without the butt. I think in our culture right now, the whole apology forgiveness cycle is all screwed up. I mean, yeah. I, I think what you're I think what you're describing is more sincere, legitimate, humble and, and, and truthful. But I think we we are in this place where we often have these sort of PR scripted apologies, and often oh, yeah. the apologies, oh, yeah. if the person in question uh, is targeted by a certain group, is never accepted. So certain people are allowed to apologize and be forgiven; other yes. people are not. We all know the rules that are in play here. So <laughs> yes. that that just makes it harder. And you know, we need we need to be a culture where when you do make a mistake and you do honestly say, "Please forgive me," and you try to make restitution where there can be space for you to come back and be forgiven. And I think yeah. in many ways there isn't just a quick example, you know, Morgan Wallen used the N word in private, not against a person of color. You know, we kind of generally agree. You don't use that word anymore. I'm yeah. perfectly fine with that, but you know, he suffered a year's worth of significant sizable punishment. And when the press reports on him now, it's almost as if he's not punished enough. He should suffer more. no, how much more should he suffer? Sure. So I think there's something really gross about the way we kind of process these apologies and these forgiveness tours. It, it should be, you know, it should be on a different scale. I, I want agree. to say something, and, and I want to get both of your takes on this, because um, I don't think Jerry, you and I have in, in the number of conversations you and I have had since Sunday night. I don't think I've got because I, I finally watched the apology Monday. I, I didn't watch the Oscars on Sunday. Um, for a lot of reasons, um, it's, it's it's like watching Kirby enthusiasm. By the way, it's so cringy. The the <laughs> apology, the humor, though. Yes, exactly wrong. right. Yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. So, so, but but the point is, you know, I, I I saw a guy 
I'm going to say this, and you guys may disagree. I mean, yes, the man had just won the Best Actor Award. But I saw a, a man, Will Smith I'm talking about here, who, who, as he was speaking, I think the gravity of what he had done, like I don't think the gravity of what he had done hit him until he was up on that stage, you know, and he was, and he recognized that he had effectively ruined his best actor award. Now, I, again, in the scheme of things, you know, what does that really mean? He got the best actor award, but this was a monumental achievement for him uh, as a professional actor. And I think he recognized that it's now forever tainted. Now, now again, you can say whether or not that makes his apology sincere or non-sincere. I, I, I think I'm willing to give him a little bit more grace because you have that, oh my goodness moment. What have I done? How have I ruined this with my own inability to control my anger? Andrew, a couple hours later, he was at the what, Vanity Fair party getting jiggy with it. So I, yeah. I think in the moment, and remember this too, he didn't use his own words. Uh, he talked, uh, he used Denzel Washington's words. Sure. Uh, in terms of when you're on top, the devil comes after you. I think that it, it was emotional. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, sincerity. I'm not sure about. And again, I, I, I look, God bless um, Will, Will Smith. I, I think of that line in the Bronx tale when uh, when when the uh, the wise guy says to the kid, he says to uh, uh, to the C. to the young man to who was it? See, Collagelo? Yeah, he says to see. He says, yeah. look, he goes, why do you root for Mickey Mantle? Mickey Mantle doesn't care about you. And again, you know, a lot of this conversation about Will Smith, Will Smith doesn't care about us. But but here's why I think overall it's important. I think movies are important. Yes, I think. And, and again, you know, and, and we'll get to this later. But, you know, I think there are movies that teach lessons and virtues. Uh, and I'm trying to even make a list now for my son. I, I have five children. My youngest is a son. I want him to, to watch certain movies like Darkest Hour, like um, uh, like Dunkirk, like, uh, you know, you name a John Wayne movie because there are virtues uh, and Hollywood can be wonderful. The problem is, is that we get focused on uh, the the three hundred and fifty million dollar worth Will Smith, the narcissist uh, and all the rest of it. Jerry, let me I, let me recommend, I recommend of, your, your so. young son when he's of age to watch Shane as my dad's yes. movie. Oh, my God. It's chock full of values and, and, and things that are really consequential to a young man. I had dinner, Christian, the other night with uh, two of my former colleagues from uh, WBAL. And and I mentioned Shane and neither of them had seen it. And I was like, oh, my God, you have to get out. Go and watch Shane. I, I was trying to I was trying to describe it to them and they didn't they didn't understand. And I said, you have to. You have Chris, to go Christian, what's your take on Will Smith's immediate apology of you know that night? It was a justification. It was not an apology. He was trying to justify what he did. Sure. Uh, and it was interesting because he was channeling both uh, Richard Williams, the character he plays and the movie itself, King Richard in doing yeah. so, which I thought was on some level kind of genius. I mean, not, not in a good way, but like- No, 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 I get know, it. <laughs> sort of like, sort of say, well, this was tying into my movie. You know, and, and actors do that all the time when they go on publicity tours and they give interviews, they, you know, they often weave in the movie they're working on at the time into their conversation. It's, it's normal. It's sort of second nature probably. So, but then again, I, I mean, actors are not, I'm, I'm sorry, but right. Most actors are not whole people. I, I mean, some of them are, but I mean, but they are inhabiting roles. And so this idea of actors being like the rest of us, especially the, the great actors who are out there 
Um, you know, they, they, they tend, they tend not to be whole people outside of the roles they inhabit. At least that's, that's been my experience. I, don't I know. mean, listen, I think that they can be very tortured souls. Yes. I think that Will Smith looks like he's in trouble emotionally. Yeah. yeah. He didn't, he didn't look like a well man. I oh, mean, listen, no. Jerry and I have had that conversation quite a bit over the last couple of days over what's sort of the, the demons that Will Smith is, is, yeah, is and, dealing with. And we don't know him on a personal yeah. level, so we can only guess about things but sure he didn't look like a well man it looked like he was really struggling when he was on that stage and again you know the whole night first of all he was favored to win so there was a good yes. chance he was going to win so the whole night should have been a just an absolute celebration for him yeah and him re you know him reacting to a pretty tepid joke and i understand the emotional connection with his wife with alopecia I, I get that but you know you're a celebrity you've been on you've been famous for 30 years and you've got, I'm sure there are slings and arrows aimed at you every day sure. from anonymous people, from famous people. And he also knows it's the, it's the Academy Awards, you know, uh, an hour before they made fun of Leonardo DiCaprio. They poked fun at other things. They poked fun at movies that weren't seen. Those are deeply personal things for those artists who really, you know, give, gave their all to them, regardless of the results. So you, you've got to, you've got to be able to roll with that kind of punch. It's just, yeah. it's just absurd. My my uh, wife my wife says my wife says something to me uh, about this. Um, we watch the Oscars. I know a lot of right of center conservative folks say, "Oh, I'm not paying attention." Um, I kind of think of that John Mellencamp song. You know, I live in a small town, but I still look to see what's happening in the big town. Yeah. Uh, I think movies matter. I think what happened. You know, I think Hollywood is a uniquely American export, American uh, uh, art form. And, and so I pay attention. And we've you know, for years with I have I have five kids. My oldest is 22. Uh, youngest is seven, but we, we, we always have fancy pajama Oscar night. My wife makes a cocktail type dinner and the kids put on their fancy pajamas because it's late and they go to bed right after. And so we, we've always watched the Oscars and we, we've always had to watch it. And, and we've had to be careful with the remote and things that might be said and that sort of thing. Uh, but but my, my wife said this to me and I thought it was, you know, and, and I thought it was smart. Um, she said that maybe uh, this year and also earlier in the program, uh, his and again, I don't, we don't have to focus on this, but his open marriage situation was poked fun out at yeah. the Oscars. And again, I'm a man. I'm, I'm and 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 I understand maybe maybe again, going back to what you had said, he's dealing with other issues. Maybe that's what triggered him earlier in the show. Oh, I completely with, agree. I think, delayed, yeah. I think that's a match. I think that's yeah. a match. I yeah. really do. Yep. Well, you know, so let's let's sort of get into the Oscars themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just frankly glad that Power of the Dog got shut out of just about everything because I thought it was a, a garbage movie. I mean, I, I understand giving Jane Campion the Best Director Award. I found Power of the Dog. I, I only got through the first. 40 I, I, I still don't know if that movie exists. Is that is it, that a real movie? It is a real movie. Okay. It is. A, it is. It I can't is find another, it anywhere. It is another gay cowboy movie. I know, I know. I mean, it was, it was, I, I found it entirely predictable. Like you, you knew, you knew where it was going, but uh, uh, generally, you know, Dune taking on so many uh, awards um, was, was fascinating to me. I want to get your take on how the awards themselves shook out. I think they were mostly as expected. Coda, I think sort of was the underdog that rose up in the last few weeks. So it was a little less than shocking when it won. Um, you know, Jane Campion, this is where the woke stuff comes in because oh, yeah. she's a talented director. She's done great work in the past. I don't think it's a great, I liked it much more than you did, but I don't, you know, does she deserve to be best actress or the fact that 
Hollywood has done a horrible job of supporting female directors and or yeah. honoring them. So, you know, that's that's where things get a little funky because you really want to win because you're the best or that people, your peers think you're the best, not because, well, we haven't had many best female director winners. Sure. So that that's upsetting. Um, I think I think Will Smith was excellent in King Richards, which was, I think, the most conservative movie of the year last year. You're absolutely, uh, yeah, absolutely right. You know, in Dune, I'm not a huge fan of it. It doesn't speak to me, but from a technical point of view, it is masterful. And so I understood all scooping up all the tech awards. And then, I will you know, say, I, yeah. maybe there's hold on, maybe there should have been an Oscar for most improved. Like as as in as in we looked at the two previous Dune adaptations, <laughs> and they were both terrible. So let's sort of give Dune anyway. I'm sorry, go yeah. ahead. No, and you know Jessica Chastain is an excellent actress. Yes, I really disliked the eyes of Tammy Faye, but acknowledge that she was stupendous in it. Really, and, you know, not just the physical transformation, but I also thought that the. Uh, just bringing the empathy and, and the sort of the nuance to her character was, was just wonderful. So, so, so you didn't, you didn't like, see, I like the eyes of Tammy Faye. Now I'm biased. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine from high school played uh, Pat Robertson in it. Uh, Gabe oh, Owens. really? But, uh, um, but you didn't, you so say you didn't like it. Jerry, have you hey. seen it? Uh, I'm sorry, Christian. I, I, I know I won't like it. And so, no, I, I did not see it. <laughs> Although I like that actress and yeah. I did recently watch uh, the movie, uh, the the zookeeper's wife and I, she's okay. fantastic in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry, she's Chris, a go ahead. actress. Yeah, I just I felt it was very easy and predictable and kind of punching at this at the at the villains that needed to be punched at and, sure. and just kind of cartoonish in a way. And I, and I think that her character was the exception, but I just didn't find it very compelling. And I was like, and I like Andrew Garfield a lot. I think he's really interesting, and I think he. Uh, I don't think he was great in that movie, but I, I like the fact that he takes on really challenging roles. I think he's sure. really pushing himself. I mean, the Spider Man stuff. You, you take it because it's you know superheroes at the coin of the realm right now but i do think as a, looking at his career it's just it's been very fun to watch him kind of stretch liked, and grow i like the other one he did the the musical one um tick, tick, boom. tick, tick boom i like I that. that yet but i've heard that was um excellent. yeah you know having having a and ha- hatshaw ridge is just a wonderful film yeah, yeah. Um, wonderful film uh, you know, so I, I I think I need to go back and, and start revisiting Andrew Garfield again because I, I mm-hmm. didn't particularly care for then again, I didn't care for Toby Maguire's Spider-Man either, but the three of them together was box office magic. So I, I I'm 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 you know looking forward to to more of that. Uh, any any surprises, I mean, in the awards um that, as you saw? No, I don't think so. Nothing outrageous. Listen, you know, part of the reason why the Oscars aren't as much fun, and it's not their fault is that there are many, many other award shows prior. And mm-hmm. then if one actor wins and wins again and wins again, there's a good chance that he or she's going to win a one final time <laughs> on Oscar night. So, you know, I, I think it's, there's a little bit of predictability built into the into the machine now that again, can't be blamed on the Oscar, the Academy, but it just is what it is. So that's, and that's why the show itself needs to be more, more lively and needs to be funnier and needs to be more engaging. And as horrible as the slap was, it made the show uh interesting i mean to me, that's, that's, me it's, it's a dull presentation i was uh, said if they could guarantee that someone gets hit every year i'm tuning in yeah it but it, a, you know it's live tv yeah so if you if you kind of maybe push in that direction and yeah. be a little edgier be a little bit more i don't want to say confrontational but maybe make room for those moments and you know that's one of the reasons why you need a host that's who's a comedian because amy schumer was mediocre at best but when she later said Yes. You know, what did I miss? Or, like you need a comedian who senses the room, can think on the fly, can be funny, 
at a moment's notice. That's what a live event really craves. And we missed that for two or three years. I was following, as I was watching the Oscars, I was following you on Twitter. My wife and I played the bingo game that that you had put out, <laughs> and uh, and my goodness, within eight minutes, it was like I got, I got, I got it. But, um, <laughs> and we'll put that up on the show page later. It was it was real funny, uh, but you had I think it was you had tweeted out something where where Amy Schumer uh, was at her best when she was ad libbing. Yes, and then but then but then she fell back into yeah kind of the woke speak and that sort of thing. Uh, but again, it, it shows you that these individuals uh, are talented. And have uh, you know, and 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 they have depth uh, when they when they when they just are spontaneous and are acting on their talent. But when they fall back to their politics and politics as religion, even yeah. uh, it becomes it becomes unwatchable. It, it, it becomes stale. It becomes yeah. predictable, and it becomes less than funny. You know, yes. there was one point where she was riffing a little bit. I thought it was kind of clever, and I was like, "Oh, that's the Amy Schumer that we kind of got to know." And then she mumbled something about, "Oh yeah, and women women are losing their rights across the country." Like it was, it was, it was almost like she had a, uh, what's a Tourette's where you, you involuntarily sure. say things that you don't yep. want to say, or that you're not thinking like woke Tourette's. Her, her Tourette's is I have to be political and woke and progressive. And no matter what I'm doing in the meantime, that's got to pop up. It was so weird. Yeah. So weird. And, you know, like almost every joke was, you know, female empowerment, diversity. And when, you can tell a joke with those elements and make it funny, yep. but it makes it harder sometimes. Or I think you care more about the statement than you do about the humor. And that's, what you, you know, it, it's funny, Christian, because my, my oldest, my, my Bridget is a movie fan. And, uh, and she, we always have this, uh, we have the friendly family, friendly family bets on who's going to win this and win that. And every year she wins. <laughs> and I remember a couple of years ago and she said, and she's very insightful. She says, dad, what you want here is to hear what you want to hear. And I said, no, sweetheart, they can be liberal and progressive all they want. I want them to be funny. I want them to be clever. Yeah. I mean, I can laugh at myself, but what's, what, 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 what we're losing in entertainment now is there's no creativity and, and cleverness. It's just well, and, and it's just, time out for a second yeah. before you answer that, Christian, because one of the things I was going to ask about is this tension between the spontaneity and ad-libbing and improv that comedians, the best comedians are known for, but being constrained by the rules of uh, the PC production machine, right? And, and, and how that just stifles everything. And, and now someone from the audience coming up and, and hit, hit you in the, sure, in the yeah. head. Yeah. You know, a quick note, Jane Campion won for Best Director. Yes, of uh, course. She, and she had won multiple awards prior. Yeah. So she came on stage, and what did she have in her hand? She had notes, a very specific sheet that she read from exactly. Now, why did that happen? Was she nervous? Did she think she couldn't speak on the fly? No. She, gave, she won an award a week or two ago, and in her, I want to be woke, I want to be more victim than the next victim, she stepped in it, and she kind of said something that that was seen as an insult to Venus and Serena Williams and touched on the third rail of race. And in doing so, she was attacked and she had to she had to do the apology tour. Yeah. So you think, OK, what does that matter? You want an artist to go on stage and speak from the heart and say, this is why this moment means so much to me, because you know what? These artists bust their tails yeah. to get to where they are. And very, 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 very few of them are on this level of excellence. And they deserve that moment. They deserve to shine and they deserve to speak from the heart. But she couldn't do that because she knew if she did, if she went off script, literally, she could get in trouble. 
and that was sort of like a microcosm of what we are as a society right now and where pop culture stands, where she's so afraid of saying the wrong thing yeah. that should be in trouble. And in a healthy society, if she said something that was a little bit off kilter or a little bit, you know, maybe not perfect, we should like, oh my gosh, she's on stage. She's in front of millions of people. She's nervous. Right. Who cares? But that's not the world we live in now. See, I, I think I think the audience, conservative or liberal people of faith, people who have no faith, everyone can appreciate authenticity. Yeah. And that's what's lacking yeah. uh, of yeah. late. There's, you know, uh, again, Andrew, you, you, you're leading this, but we, I, 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 I am yeah. very, I am very curious about Christian's thoughts. Uh, 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 Christopher Rufo uh, from the Manhattan Institute uh, uh, had a real good piece of pieces of late about Disney. This leaked video. Wait, wait uh, before we get to Disney. Yeah, I, I'm sorry because I, I want to because I, I don't want to leave the Oscars quite yet, Jerry. I'm sorry. Um, there was a weird off moment. And I want to get your take on this. Jerry, I want to get your take on this, too. Uh, one of the other hosts, name now escapes me, the one who wasn't Wanda Sykes and Amy Schumer. Regina uh, Hall. Regina, Regina Hall. Hall. Regina Hall did this pantomime thing about bringing all the hot men up to the stage and then bringing them backstage and stripping them down. And, and including she invited Will Smith, Will Smith uh, because of, of his jokes. marriage yes. situation. Yeah. And, and I found the whole thing so off-putting because, again, right, and I'm being a little woke in PC here. Because if the shoe were on the other foot and, you know, Matthew McConaughey had done that or, or whomever, you know, or, or what's his name? Uh, um, uh, the guy from the, uh, the uh, disaster artist, uh, Franco, James Franco. If oh, James gosh. Franco had gotten up there and said, hey, <laughs> I'm going to invite all of these women back. Well, James Franco is different, though, because he has other issues. But yeah, if there yeah. was if there was someone who didn't have that that baggage uh, did yeah. that. Go ahead. No, no. Go ahead, Christian. I want to get your I, I mean. Uh, so my my, need, my immediate thought was, if the roles are reversed, the sexes are reversed, this would be an outrage. This would make it. This would make the slap seem modest in comparison. Yes. yes. Um, also, I don't care if an attractive <laughs> actress like Regina Hall wants to bring up the attractive actors and make a joke of it. I have no problem with that. I think yep. my secondary thought was it was a a a weak joke that they stretched beyond. I know. It's not compare. Like the initial right. joke yes. is kind of funny and cute. Yes. Thought, okay. Here, good-looking Hollywood guys come on stage. No problem with that. It just like it felt like a strained bit among many strained bits. And the but two it, it, it's, and it's, the two the two presenters were uncomfortable. Oh, well, first of all, she she practically gave them a cavity search. Yes, it and wasn't it, just a, a comic. Yes. I'm going to pat down your leg. <laughs> yes. She was going for it. Yes, was wildly uncomfortable. That was yes. wildly uncomfortable. Woke <laughs> or not woke, I'm like, oh my gosh. I know that they agreed <laughs> to this bit, but I don't think they agreed to have like you know. Yes. Get yeah, turn your turn your head and cough. Let's yes, yes. Thank you for a hernia. I'm sorry. So so now let's get into this. I mean, this issue of why Hollywood hates America, but also Disney. Jerry, I, let's go back. I'm I'm sorry to interrupt you. So. So well, I, again, I, I, I just to set it up a little bit, you know, I, I know and, and I, I think I have the number right. But the Oscar swag bag was somewhere between one hundred and twenty, one hundred and forty thousand dollars worth of merchandise. The average, the average American, the average American makes forty seven thousand dollars a year. Yeah. And, and they then proceeded in parts of the Oscars really to mock uh, uh, America, working Americans. But I, I think I think Disney now with the untruths being told about this Florida legislation. Uh, it's seven pages, by the way. I read the bill on my radio show. I actually read it uh, and, and read the parts that were legislative uh, 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 to be enacted. 
Disney now, um, in less than just a couple of three years, you know, Disney, look, since 1955, we have had all kinds of cultural uh, uh, bombshells, uh, Stonewall riots, uh, 9-11, the civil rights movement, Vietnam, and Disney stayed steady. In the last couple or three years, last two years, maybe, maybe maybe it's COVID related. Disney has gone from, I mean, zero to 120 in terms of of going from family friendly to uh, I just told Erica, my wife, uh, a buzz, a a, a light year commercial came on and I said, hold the remote because I understand there's a scene now that might be inappropriate for young people. And again, that's what we're doing now with Disney movies. It used to be. You could put your kids in and they could watch Disney. Uh, now, I won't let my kids watch Disney shows without some kind of parental uh, oversight. But anyway, you, your views on it, Christian. I'm sorry. I went, I went long there. No, you know, John Nolte from Breitbart News said that Will Smith basically took 30 years of audience goodwill and burned it with one match. I think Disney has taken decades and decades longer of yeah. their brand. And I think they're about to light it on fire. And I think what's fascinating is that you know, the, the, the American people can make, can make Disney pay in ways they have no idea about. They have no imagination that if enough people rally and cancel the subscriptions to Disney Plus and stop prom- going to the Disney parks, that they will have a sizable blowback to this. I don't know if it'll happen because honestly, in the culture, I think people in the heartland have not, not done that yeah. in mass to really affect change. But if it does happen, they will rue the day that they've done this. They have they, they are risking permanently damaging a brand that has been so carefully cultivated and nurtured and grown and protected. And you don't get that back as quickly as you lose it. That's for sure. sure. I'm just shocked. Listen, the, the powers that be are afraid of the woke mob. The powers that may be, be, may be part of the woke mob. They have no awareness of the greater world around them. And thanks to our, uh, our obscenely corrupt media, they think they're on the right side of history yeah. when they're not even reading the, the law as it's written. It's yeah. shocking. So it's interesting to me because, you know, and somebody else pointed this out, so I'm stealing from somebody else, um, that as Disney goes- <laughs> Andrew, to I, do that, I do that constantly. Shocker. <laughs> uh, uh, as Disney goes to, to change, you know, in their live presentations at the parks, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that's now going to be thrown out. Disney has built up so much- uh, mytho history around the concept of the Disney princesses and who is considered a Disney princess. I mean, there's only one way that they can go with this. And that's frankly, to make Buzz Lightyear a Disney princess. <laughs> um, but, but, the but, the but, you know, or, or C-3PO, I suppose. Um, uh, but how does, I mean, that's sort of the fundamental hypocrisy, not that we're, we would be surprised that they would be hypocritical, but it seems like on the one hand, they're recognizing the reality that there are these things called princesses out there and that they are the female form of the junior royalty. Um, and yet, and yet uh, uh, they're embracing this with the other side. Your thoughts here. I mean, they're not thinking it through yeah. uh, when it comes to the woke culture, it's never consistent. It's never morally strong. It is making things up as you go along to be a bigger victim, to be more aggressive towards your cultural enemies so I think Disney will just scramble as new, uh, new movements are afoot. So if in a week there's a movement to remove Disney princesses, 
they will scramble accordingly. They will either vow we just we just made a new project that you know that is aggressively anti-princess. I mean, that's what they'll do. They'll, they, or yeah. they'll remove some names at the studio at the parks. They'll just keep doing this on the fly. And here's the thing about the woke woke agenda: it 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 always it's always moving forward. It's always progressing. Adam Carolla is very eloquent on the subject. It's never enough. It's never enough. You're never woke enough. So as, as much as Disney is doing right now, tomorrow it will be seen as insufficient. You know, I, I heard someone else say this, but what happened with Disney was uh, it's institutional capture. The, the internal activists um, uh, were activated. And, and essentially what I'm hearing, again, from people writing and, and conversations, and that is over the last couple of years at Disney, they've had struggle sessions where, where, where mostly younger um, uh, workers, uh, uh, activists within the company have been allowed to speak their mind and show how they dissent here and there while others were told to be silent. And then I also yeah. understand, yeah, I also understand that, um, and if I'm saying his name wrong, Andrew uh, Christian, correct me, but but Ibram X uh, uh, K- Kendi, uh, he's a well, he, he's a um, uh, critical race theory advocate and has made millions of dollars uh, going and talking at corporations. Apparently, he gave a diversity, equity, and inclusion workshop that apparently tipped. Uh, the upper management in terms of oh aggressively going woke and which I think again is ironic because we, uh, you know we're told that uh, uh, that these critical theories aren't being taught aren't being promoted there's no evangelizing going on uh, but there is and I'll just end here and, and get your reaction I'm a I'm a dad first I, I love what I do I'm, I'm a blessed person but I love being a father. And what's happening here is they're talking about inclusivity, but it doesn't include my children. <laughs> and, and that's, and, and again, I, and, and there's a certain kind of, again, lost innocence that my, that my younger kids in particular, they're not going to have the same experiences and joys and, and, and the rest of it that, that we enjoyed when we were kids. Here's the thing. I'm 53 years old. I'm struggling to comprehend process uh, non-binary trans. I, I don't do it with any malice. Sure. Um, this is, these are newer cultural trends that I'm trying to process. So if I'm 53 and I'm a reasonably bright person and I'm, and I'm going through this and trying to figure out things and trying to be as empathetic as possible. What about a six-year-old? Do you think sure. he or she is really ready to process this? Absolutely. It's just, it's really bizarre. And by the way, a week ago, there was a story where uh, a whole bunch of non-woke Disney employees kind of spoke out in, 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 an, in an, as gentle a way as possible, saying that we're being called bigots, we're being treated badly, we're being, uh, you know, just uh, being abused and ignored and mocked. Do they count? Why right. don't they count? Yeah. Why don't they count? It's outrageous. And the media didn't pick it up. I covered it. A few other outlets covered yeah. it. Why don't those people and their voices count? Again, they're not being vicious or mean or outrageous. They shared lots of love for Disney and the craft and the work they do and the legacy. But they said, stop calling us bigots and stop treating this as a, as a political enterprise. Because if I'm Fred Smith and I work at a tire shop, do I have to bully the owner of the tire shop to follow my exact worldview? And my political beliefs? No, I work at a tire shop and I do my job and I pick my paycheck 
And if I don't like what the tire shop is doing politically, I have every right to quit. But yes. why, why would I even think I had the power to bully them? It is so bizarre in our culture. This woke mob has all the cultural power, yeah. every bit of it. And the rest of us have nothing. You know, Christian, that's that's an interesting um, comment because it's true. And it's something I'm trying to wrap my head around. I agree with you. Uh, and Andrew and I have talked about this. In a free society, people should organize and live their lives the way they want to with dignity. And, and, I, have, and I, have a, uh, I have a duty, a responsibility uh, to, 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 to respect and to offer that dignity. Uh, and so therefore, I don't have a personal issue with a trans person or a person who wants to live out their sexual identity in a certain way. However, I, I do have a problem uh, when they want to, uh, 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 and, 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 you know, forgive the phrase, but they want to uh, essentially indoctrinate my children to their yeah. worldview. And, you know, I, I had a, a conversation with a cable host recently at this media dinner, and he said to me, oh, you Republicans, uh, don't say gay bill. And I said, I said, did you read the bill? No, I don't need to. My colleagues are reporting on it. And, I, and it was off the record, you know, off the record. And I and I and I said to him, I said, look, I said, would you have a problem uh, with uh, with a school curriculum teaching that marriage is one man, one woman for life or they they were teaching biblical sexual ethics? Of course, it's religion. I said, well, in, in, in a sense, uh, identity politics is is religion. And so why don't we just agree in, in, in the public school setting or even in the uh, corporate setting? We'll leave religion out of it. And, and, and again, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around why I'm going to have lunch later with uh, with uh, with a pastor, actually, uh, who I'm going to uh, talk to and, and, and have some questions about podcasting and him coming on and doing some stuff. I'm going to ask him, where's the church been on this issue? Mm. Uh, the broad church. I don't mean the Catholic church or a mainline Protestant church. I mean, just broadly, uh, uh, where's the church been uh, to, again, Offer offer wisdom and 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 offer insight in love. There there seems to be a one sided fight here, and I don't. I'm not even sure who the other side is. Well, and let, let me add something here, which is so there was a a, a discussion on on Twitter uh, about all of this, and there was a video that came out. Some kindergarten teacher was saying, yes. "Well, if I if I'm going kayaking this weekend with my partner." Uh, how can I not, you know, I want to be able to talk about this with you, with my class, with my kids. And he said, my kids, with, with my kids, with my kids. And, and somebody, first of all, besides the fact that, that he could still talk about it, given the confines of what the bill says, but a, a, a conservative happens to be a lesbian activist said, you know, something when I was a kindergarten teacher uh, or whatever, this person was teaching. I, I never, I never would have, I never discussed my personal life with my students, my romantic life thinking what my, why would you discuss your romantic well, life is, with your kids? Is, hold on, let me start here because I think Christian, I think you're a little bit younger than, than, than Jerry and I are. Um, but, but I, I'm, I can Andrew, tell you I'm, I'm 52. I, I know you are Jerry. And I'm, I just turned 51. Um, <laughs> I'm the oldest here guys. So <laughs> are you really? Yeah, 53. I had no idea. I thought I, I say I look at you and I think you're younger. So, okay, this is perfect. We're <laughs> all around thing. the same age. I can tell you, with the exception of my, the, I had the same teacher in third and fourth grade. I don't think it was until I was probably in 10th grade in high school 
that I knew anything about the personal lives of any of my teachers, right? I, I mean, I, I knew that I knew my third and fourth grade teacher was married and I knew her husband's name because she talked about him on occasion. But beyond that, from kindergarten through through 10th grade, I, I, I wouldn't know. I couldn't have known. I wouldn't have known if they were if they were witches. I wouldn't have known if they were, you know, <laughs> soccer players. I, I, anyway, I, I was like, am I wrong? Am I in the minority here? Did you guys ever know anything about the personal no. lives of any of your teachers? If, if I was when I was growing up, if I saw my teacher at like the local supermarket, I would freak out. Mm-hmm. It was like worlds colliding. Yes. And it, it, it's, I think it's this narcissism in our culture mm. that that teacher ding, needs ding. to share all the wonderful stories that he had about his husband doing whatever they did over the weekend. How that is pertinent to the school and what they're learning is beyond me. Okay. Uh, yeah. Or you can just say, hey, my partner and I went, we went hiking and and it made me think about this lesson, and it's fine. And the quit, and the and the kids ask, "Yeah, I'm married to a man," and then leave it at that. Yeah. Then, yes. then the kid could go home and say, I, "You know, my 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 teacher's a man. He's married to a man." And then the mom could say, "You know, some couples are gay, some couples are straight." Blah blah blah. Yeah. It, it, it's a non-story. It's a non-issue, and we're not living in 1950 America right now. You know, I mean, we see we see a gay relationships across the spectrum, across the culture. For the most part, people thankfully are 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 okay with that they understand it's perfectly fine it's just part of the spectrum it's it just is what it is but this this narcissism you're going to teach my kids and i'm going to indoctrinate them and make a like a, a, a lgbtq flag it is all narcissism you, if you haven't listened to dr drew pinsky and adam carolla talk about narcissism you really should because it yeah. is it really explains so much of our culture right now it, it's rather scary I think we should go back, Jerry, and try to get uh, uh, Dr. Drew. I was, I was, I was trying to get him for a while. Um, Just real quick, too, uh, yeah. Christian, on this issue, because I agree. Again, we 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 want to respect the dignity of others and how they organize their of course, lives. Of course, uh, Andrew, Andrew and I. Uh, 20, uh, not me. Well, no, but years ago, I remember going to uh, Andrew a Cato uh, a Cato forum on 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 gay marriage. On, at the time, it was uh, civil unions, and you know, I was an early. Well, hey, if, if this if it's a free society and 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 they want to organize their lives this way, let them do it. Uh, my my issue has always been, again, it's that's your religiosity. Live your life the way you want to, but don't force me into it. So, going back to what I asked earlier, there doesn't seem to be a well organized or even well thought out opposition to this. Uh, it's it's you know, why why not? Why isn't why isn't there more pushback in terms of live your life, but don't, don't, don't proselytize, don't indoctrinate. I think what's going on right now is that for many, many people in America, they already have a religion. And for many people, it's Christian based. And so they don't feel the need to be an activist in their life. And I think there are people on the far left who don't have religion. This is their religion. Amen. And, and their activism is their, is their sense of being. Sure. And I think that a lot of people on the right in the heartland, faith-based, wherever you want to kind of, I think we've been caught flat-footed by, by staying in the sidelines, by staying silent, by just living our lives, not realizing there's been this, this movement afoot for decades to change everything about our culture. And yeah. now we're waking up and people like Christopher Rufo has just been a yeah, he's fantastic hero. Yes. Uh, are waking people up now. Ordinary people who would never be running for school board are running for school board and speaking out and doing things. But here's the here's the dirty little secret. 
We could change this in a snap, in a Thanos snap. If we use our, our buying power, our consumer power in, in, in certain directions, this would stop in a heartbeat. If Disney saw its profits plummet, they would react. Not a little plummet, not a dip, plummet. If that they, they, happens- That's why, hold on, Jerry. Up. And that's why it's so important that some of the conservative media outlets are now getting into the actual entertainment business. Yeah, uh, Talk a little bit about that, Christian, because I, I think well, it's- uh, you know, I'm a contributor to the Daily Wire, so you could say yeah. I'm biased, but I- That's be all right, saying, be biased. I'd be saying <laughs> the exact same thing. God bless the Daily Wire for doing yeah. exactly what they're doing. They're not complaining about the culture. They're doing something about it. They're, they're, they're giving jobs to people like Gina Carano, who was cruelly, unfairly oh, yeah. fired. 100%. That is one of the most disgusting stories in the last three or four years. I met her recently. She couldn't be more lovely. She was just a sweet, kind, gentle person who was brave and tougher than most celebrities. Uh, so, you know, what they're doing, but it's a drop in the bucket. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what the Daily Wire is doing. You know, I, I cheer them on. They're doing wonderful stuff. But you can't just be one company. Yep. I know some individual artists. I know Nick Searcy will give me grief because I don't I don't name check him enough because he, he's we are know, he's we're actually weirdly enough, Nick and I have traded some emails. We're trying to get him on the show as well. Yeah. So you know yeah, uh, I, I listen, I, I I give him all the credit in the world. He's doing it as an individual, but we need more companies, we need more organizations, we need yeah. more people doing this. And I'll compare it to sports, you know, the the, the baseball lockout. Uh, delay the season. It's it's going to start a little later. It's a whole big kerfuffle. You know what? If the season, if they if the strike ended, and the first six games of the Major League Baseball season, no one is in the stands, and and people said, you know what? The heck with you. We're going to send a message. If any professional sport locks out again, you're going to get this treatment too. You'd never see another lockout. Sure. Never. Right. No. Never. You're right. And it's all up right. to us. But you know what? We're all idiots. We all go, oh, opening yeah. day. Let's go. Let's go get the popcorn. <laughs> and they get the message that they can kind of dump on us again and again and again. And they can say, oh, we care about the fans. They don't give a damn about us. Okay, guys, they don't. But if we send that message, you'll never see another strike. You know, there, there was an inverse of this uh, when uh, when the woke mob came after uh, years ago, came after Chick-fil-A. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. When, when the, uh, you know, when the, when the founder of the company, of course, Chick-fil-A, these are individual owned uh franchises and so therefore to lump them all in is yeah. is is wrongheaded but regardless um i remember uh, after that attack you couldn't get you couldn't go to chick-fil-a <laughs> i mean i mean there, there was it was like going okay. to a uh, yeah and so i mean so it's happened before um maybe we're better at being proactive than 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 withdrawing sure yeah. but no, but, I agree. I mean, that's why like the Daily Wire should get tons more support. That's why the yeah. Cersei movies should get lots of uh, attention. What's why when Fella McAleer makes a movie called My 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 Son Hunter about you know oh. who, it, it, he shouldn't have to beg for a crowdfunding campaign. No, he you're right. Be flooded with it. You know, if we don't do that, then then part of this is our fault. If we don't no, you're right. steer our money, and it doesn't take a lot. I'm a journalist. I don't have any money. Okay. I just picked a job that doesn't pay well, but I love it. It's what I do and what I care about, but I can send $5 here and I can send $5 there. And I can also use my, my modest media pulpits to spread the word. I do it all the time on my website and my podcast. It's, it's what I do aggressively because if I don't have the money, I've got other ways. I think we can all do our part in certain ways. I agree. If Rufo is using his very specific skill set to do something, we can all do it. You guys have podiums as well. You can do it too. It doesn't always take money. If everyone kicked in $5 for that movie project, my son Hunter, 
it would be flush with cash and no one would be going to the poorhouse because of it. Now you're uh, right. Listen, I, I would have Phelan McAleer on just to listen to him talk because I love <laughs> I love hearing him speak. Well, his uh, wife is even better. Anne McElhaney is just... Oh, Anne's great as well. Amazing. Absolutely. So we, we've, and, we've Andrew, just... Them. just yeah, I'm sorry. Just as a Go word, as a word of encouragement to our listeners, who because I, I think what you just said is 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 very very important. Um, and and I remember years ago, I went to I worked on the hill, and I went to this uh, political organizing uh, 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 event, and there was you know all the big muckety mucks at the time. And I remember this one candidate. Uh, he said that he had raised something like you know eight million dollars, uh, but the average donation was two dollars and change. Yeah. And so, and that was years ago. Newt Gingrich hosted it. That's how long ago this sure. was. Wow. And so my point is, is that you're absolutely right. You don't have to give um, a $10,000 grant, but it can be $5 and it makes a huge difference. And I think, Andrew, I think, I, I, you know, I, I'm encouraged here. I think when I'm on the air at WBAL, when we're doing uh, our podcasting, I think we need to encourage people to find the Daily Wire or some of these these others who are doing good work. And we need to say we need to promote, you know, you, we have to invest in these things. Christian, we're going to ask you to connect us with uh, somebody uh, over at the Daily Wire as well to talk about this. We're going to get Nick Searcy on and and, and have him I can talk help you about this. Yeah. So let listen before we let you go because you, you we've you've given us much much more time than we had anticipated. Yes, thank you, and it's great. But we would be remiss because we're talking movies and we're talking to Christian Toto, who again is the founder and and writer at uh, HollywoodandToto.com. Um, this is the 50th anniversary of the release of the greatest film ever made, uh, The Godfather. Um, uh, not Moonstruck. Not <laughs> Moonstruck. No, I would. Listen, <laughs> I like Moonstruck. Fine. I know. I love Moon. I'm yes. joking. But, somebody, but somebody tell a joke. A, a couple of words about The Godfather. There's this new series that I think is going to be streaming on Hulu yes. about the making of The Godfather. Weirdly enough, the connection with the libertarian movement, Al Ruddy was the holder of the right to Atlas Shrugged and helped get that movie made, which is really <laughs> kind of strange. But talk about the legacy of The Godfather, especially in the context of sort of woke Hollywood. I mean, we it's, it's cliche to say Blazing Saddles could not be made today. I'm not so sure The Godfather could be made today. You know, that's a tricky one because for some reason the woke mob has uh, these big holes in their agenda where you Doctor. can't you can't do a comedy that shows white male privilege, but you can do lots and lots of movies about hitmen who kill for a living <laughs> and then have second thoughts about their profession. Yes. So with gangsterism, I feel like th that's been another hole where they don't exactly come after the gangsters in the in pop culture. So I don't know if the woke mob would be as aggressive with The Godfather. The one thing, a couple of things I'll say about the movie was, you know, we're still talking about it. We still rewatch it. It still matters. And 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 what you said, you know, Jerry, that that movies do matter. But I I do wonder and worry if the movies we're celebrating today, like Coda, like Moonlight, you know, will we be talking about them, recalling them, honoring them? sharing them quoting them like we do the godfather i don't know and i, I worry that I, I worry the answer is no so you know all these years later it still matters so much in so many ways so i i just i want movies to go back to those to the great storytelling but doesn't this and, get into what you're talking about right when you when you when you try to apply some weird political test to the things yes. that you celebrate it it takes away their durability right i mean the godfather well, I, Sorry, it, it, it's, so it's you know, the Godfather is all about storytelling. It's about family. Frankly, it's about traditional values in the end, right? It's about yeah. it's a sorry. Go ahead. I, I mean, I think 
I think I gave a, a more direct answer, but I think what I'm worried about culturally in the bigger picture, and this is why I write about this in my book, Virtue Bombs, is the creative impulse is dulled by this woke mindset. Absolutely. Because you go, you sit down with your with your laptop, you're going to start writing a screenplay, you're thinking, okay, blah, 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 blah. wait a minute, this character, I don't know if this character should be a person of color, or if it is a person of color, I don't know if I can make him or her the bad guy, or maybe I need to make them more appealing and certain... It, you want to just let the creativity flow, let the storytelling flow, yeah. let the your imagination run wild. And I think what this woke mindset does is it yeah. short circuits that process in many steps along the way, from the from the, the, the kernel of the idea to when it comes to the big screen, and that's a problem. I got to tell you something. One of the things that bothers me, and I, I I consider this to be creative and intellectual laziness here. I mean, it reboots themselves. Are inherently, I think, intellectually and creatively lazy. But when the one thing you do to reboot it is you flip the gender of the protagonist, <laughs> again, I mean, you know, we're t- the, the Equalizer, a series I loved and cherished as a teenager. Um, uh, Magnum PI. Uh, I'm listen. I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm a huge fan of Stephen Sondheim flipping the cast of of Company in, in that way. It's like it's just it's a cop out. It's like okay. I mean, I was genuinely surprised that Steven Spielberg didn't do this in his remake of West Side Story. Huh. Um, but then again, right? And and, uh, and again, I have a connection to Rita Moreno. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna crap on Rita Moreno's performance. It was brilliant. It was wonderful. I was glad she was in the movie. Um, that may have been more creative, making the character of Doc or Doc's wife mm-hmm. um, uh, a woman. That that was that was a good way to do it. But beyond this, I mean. Right. Am I right? This is just a, a, an intellectual cop-out. Yeah. It's, it's an easy, it's an easy pass. Uh, yeah. It's listen, it's also a shortcut to, well, we could reboot it, but well, how about we do a gender flip? Like it makes it seem fresh on the surface, yeah. but there really is no reason for it. Now, just one example, I kind of, I didn't see the movie, but there was a, what women want was a, a comedy. Oh, from sure. Maybe 2000 with Mel sure, Gibson. Mel Gibson, Helen Hunt. And they flipped that to what men want with uh, Taraji P. Henson. Now, I think it got bad reviews. I don't think it did very well at the box office, but at least that was a, there was, there was, a, there was something inspirational about that. Well, if you're looking into the female mind, sure. You know, we can, we can flip the, you know, flip the script. So that at least made sense. Really? Don't we all know what men want? I mean, really? <laughs> it, you know, I want, it's, it's certainly less of a mystery. Comfy pants, yeah. uh, greasy food. <laughs> Yeah, you can go on from there. But at least there was there was something you could bite onto there that made yes. sense. But otherwise, it, it is kind of a uh, Christian. Uh, be, before I let you go, before we yeah. let you go, um, and again, I and I and, and I, I I don't know why, but I was uh, I was struck by this yesterday, um, uh, and I prayed for him uh, and his family. Oh but yes, the of very very sad news about Bruce Willis. Amen. Um, yeah, I mean, comment, there's yeah. been whispers about this that he's having early dementia. This is not early dementia; it's a different aphasia yeah. i'm not really super familiar with sure. i'm kind of getting up to speed myself with it I, he's a movie icon I, I think in the past he's been a little bit cranky behind the scenes uh, i think his work has been a bit inconsistent but when he's on his game he's one of the best and uh you know made a lot of iconic movies and i, 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 I wish hope- him all the best it sounds like there may be some hope for this particular condition i don't know a ton about it i mean i i'm a movie critic i'm not a doctor so i don't want to wait <laughs> <too much laughs> I, I just i just i, I just thought and i'm sorry i just thought he's only 67 years old yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 to me that that is still someone whether you're an actor or you are a writer or whatever your your profession a construction worker 67 to me there, there, you should be vigorous and i just yeah. i just 
You know, maybe I'm getting, maybe I feel I'm feeling my own age. I'm hoping, <laughs> I am hoping that this news will spark the folks who have been keeping the rights uh, to to moonlighting in limbo. Right, moonlighting is like one of the only series out there that has not found its way into the streaming services. Oh. And apparently, there are arguments over the rights. I just hope this sort of because you again, you talk about brilliant acting and brilliant writing and brilliant comedy timing in in the in the same vein of the screwball romantic comedies of the fifties. Yeah. Uh, but with an 80 sensibility, I'm hoping that moonlighting can, can be brought Christian. How do, how do folks find out more about what you're up to? How do they find your book? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll put up on the show page as well. The yeah. book. Great. Uh, my website is hollywoodintoto.com. It's a right of center look at Hollywood entertainment. Lots of apolitical stuff on there as well, but it's a lot about culture and free speech. Uh, my podcast is right on Hollywood. It's a weekly show. It's with the Just the News podcast network. And it's it's been it, it started small, but it's really been growing. This last month was great for its growth. So I really hope people check that out. Lots of interesting interviews, not the usual people here all the time, but maybe different uh, different folks, different artists that I think are worth your time. And then my book is Virtue Bombs, How Hollywood Got Woke and Lost Its Soul. It's kind of everything we just had talking about the last few minutes. It's uh, it's important as an entire chapter on gender flip reboots. So you'd probably enjoy that <laughs> Another chapter on Gina Carano and how she was unfairly treated, but sure. it's, it's sort of my, in a weird way, a love letter to Hollywood saying, Hey, get your act together. Sure. You know, we love entertainment in this and your industry has gone awry. It needs to, well, it needs to be changed. If you're well, ever looking for a pair of movie buffs who like to talk <laughs> about these things, I know a couple of guys who would love to join yeah, you. But, but uh, also, Sorry, but Chris, ahead, before I, I got to say this, uh, Andrew and I, I guess speak for myself, but I know Andrew does. We value what you do. Yes. And uh, and we consider you a go to source. And even when I hope your ears are ringing, I was talking. I hosted a show last night, 7 to 11 WBAL, and I spent two segments talking about you and your work. Oh and God. so now, may, now maybe you were top of mind because you were coming on today. My point is, is that. <laughs> that what you do is important and, and we want to, we want to uh, uh, just applaud you for it. Well, thanks. You know, I mean, I, I try to provide a service of the half of the country that 99% of film critics ignore. You know, yes. it, it's, it's, it's true. And, you know, I, and, you know, Kyle Smith that does the same John Nolte. Does yes. Yep. Job. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, so there are other, other voices out there and I, you know, I want to promote them as well. Uh, so the daily wire, of course, but uh yeah, I, I I think half the country deserves to to have people that respect them. So that's yep. Jerry, point. Jerry, your theory about why you were thinking about talking about Christian Toto last night gets into the theory that my buddy, that our buddy John Justice said, which about about Chris Rock. Why pull out the GI Jane reference? The movie was in right because it was right. It, 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 it was on right cable. It, was, it yeah. happened to be on cable on Sunday yeah, yeah. during the day. Anyway, we got to let Christian go before he never Christian. comes back ever again. Thank you, thank you again, Christian. <laughs> Take care. And now it's time for. The bottom line. The bottom line. Jerry, it's always so much fun to to talk to Christian, and I'm glad we had him on. I, I mean, it, it, and I'm glad we got to talk a little bit about the Daily Wire and what the Daily Wire is doing, right? Because that really is the answer. We've been saying for years that there needs to be better conservative content that's out there. Yeah, uh, and 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 there are folks in Hollywood or outside of Hollywood who are who are willing to make that. Um, you know, they we have to support it. Go ahead. And they, there's a model for it. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk to Christian about this, but uh, Christian contemporary music yeah. is yeah. a powerhouse in terms of the industry. Um, and there are radio stations dedicated to it. In fact, in the uh, DMV uh, market, 
the local Christian station is constantly top five. Yeah, it's it's like it's like uh, uh, the Latino stations as well, where um, uh, they you know there are these audiences that are out there. I mean, the the difference, of course, is, and this gets to what you're saying. The barriers to entry were smaller for the Christian stations and Christian music. And now the ability to produce such music has been, you know, the, the cost has been, you know, so well, rapidly reduced. And and with, so it can probably get. And with streaming platforms. That's exactly where the I was The same going. is true. I was thinking about this. Um, the movie Coda. Yeah. It never was released in a movie theater. No, it wasn't. That's exactly right. right. It and was so, just on a platform. So we're trending this way. In fact, I read something you know, recently about how uh, uh, it was a it was a it was a kind of an ode. Uh, uh, you know, the uh, we're not going to see the big movie theaters moving forward. I, I think we're going to see more. I, I think we're going to see more at home entertainment. Well, I, I think th- that's true. Yeah. But I, I, I think, you know, I think there will always be a place for, you know, and I'll give you a really good example. I haven't gone to a movie and in, in, out to a movie. In over three years, See, I, I have started going to the movies again, and I'll, and I'll give you an example, you know, uh, of a movie that I will absolutely have to see on the big screen before I see it on the small screen. And that's T- Top Gun Maverick. The new trailer dropped for it a couple of days ago. And and that I, have you seen the new trailer for Top Gun Maverick? Sure. It is insane. I, but so, I see I, 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 I see no reason to see that on a big screen. No, I, I, I think you <laughs> see. I see these fight scenes, these flying scenes. I remember the majesty of but watching the first here, top here, gun in theaters. Here, here, here's why I think the trend's going to move away from movie no, listen, theaters. I, 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 time out for a second. I agree with you. The trend is going to move away. The, the, and, and, and certainly the pandemic brought that on and, and centralized it. I think there will always be a place for the movie theater in a, in a, in a again, the trend for a smaller scale. Yeah. You know, because but, there is something to be said for seeing a movie with other people. I, I agree, but but he, the challenge. Look, I think the challenge to going to see a movie, uh, yes, COVID was a hiccup, but I think the problem is, and you and I saw this happen. My the first movie I ever went to, in a movie house, was um, was uh, Murder by Death. Okay, and we went to a movie house. Yes, it was a beautiful building. You walk in. There was red carpeting. There were um, there there the, the seating. Uh, the the chandelier it was in the Bronx. We went to a, yeah. a movie theater in the Bronx, and part of being a little kid was less the movie and just the experience of sure, it. Sure, of course. And then, of course, and you and I growing up in the late eighties and then the early nineties, we went to the multiplex. Yeah. And I remember going to a multiplex to see a movie that, quite frankly, I have friends who have bigger TV screens sure, of course. than some of those multiplexes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, so, I, so, and, and, and also the, the experience became, it's more like, again, there was a time when, when you were flying, taking a trip from New York uh, to Chicago or to LA or whatever, it was an experience to fly. Sure. Uh, now, no leg room, they cramp you in. I think the same thing with movies. People we are went, we went, we, we went from this, experience to uh, uh to being packed in and it being filthy and dirty and i don't want to touch anything and 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 all the rest of it i think if movies maybe the trend is because because there's not a market any longer for multiplexes maybe we'll go back to the kind of the 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 downtown theater 
with one big screen and yeah. having and having a thousand people, it, it, right? It's, funny. it's ironic when I knew I, I knew that there was some, the sign of the times when the Uptown Theater in DC. I know. I used to love that place. Movie, the last great movie theater with a balcony. Yes. Um, uh, I saw Independence Day there. I saw and, a host of films there. In fact, even when uh, even when uh, we lived in well, we lived in Virginia was not far, but that's the only place Eric and I went to go see a movie. There you go. That's interesting. That, yeah, that, that, that's interesting. So um, it's funny because there was something else I wanted to bring up uh, going to the movies. You made me lose my train of thought, Jerry. Uh, Top Gun Maverick trailer. And the oh, this is yeah, this is perfect. So it's interesting because we talk about the streaming services and, it, it, you know, not that I want to give the folks at Fox any ideas, but this would be a perfect thing for Fox Nation to do as a way of burnishing their audience. Not that they need to burnish it more. And I say this because we're now hearing that the CNN Plus yes. service is, is going to be dead on arrival. They're right. already talking about layoffs in May. But right, I mean, because you're looking at, at, at barriers to entry. I know I've used this phrase before, but the idea of you need a, 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 a platform that has a, a, a ready audience built in. So mm-hmm. if Fox started to showcase some of this because right now i have no real interest in in paying money for fox nation um but if they were showing more entertainment and they were right showing stuff out of the fox catalog stuff that might have more of a conservative libertarian pro-liberty pro-freedom bent to it um i might be inclined to use that as a streaming service out there right as an alternative to say the disney pluses of the world sure but Um, but you, you make a very good point about the barrier to entry i mean the uh, the Disney theme parks uh, and, and uh, resorts. Uh, how do you, comp- like, there's not going to be a rival to Disney and Disney resorts in Florida. No, but, but, but what it's interesting what Christian is saying, because Disney is making missteps right and left. You know, it's funny because we are, we are talking about doing a Disney trip. We haven't been in Disney in uh, nine years. It'll be nine years this fall. We used to go every year. Um, and for a lot of reasons, we just, we couldn't go anymore. Are you going to boycott now? No, but see, but that's just it. So now I'm sort of thinking about how Disney may have changed and do I, uh, do I want to spend time? Anyway, my point is Disney is making missteps like this. I don't know if you're following the whole galactic star cruiser controversy, but Disney has created what is supposed to be this experience of getting on a starship to do a two night cruise. I may maybe be just a two day. Yes, 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 yes. And it's in fact, I heard about this from you. It's overpriced, <laughs> and the question is whether or not the experience is worth it. And and the the prediction is that within a couple of years, the facility that is the Galactic Star Cruiser is just going to become another Disney hotel uh, on the property. That that they have just completely misjudged this. Um, and so, you know, for a company that is making such massive financial missteps, one wonders if I mean, I, I'm, I'm I think this is a, it's a legitimate question. I, I have a question for you. Yeah, please. I'm not sure about, about the missteps. And what I mean by that is this. I'm not talking about the, uh, the hotel situation. I wonder sometimes about how parents raise their kids today. And, and for me, I want to instill certain values. For me, uh, at the end of at the end of the day, what I want most, what I want most is for my five children to have a relationship with God. That's my that's my value. Sure. 
I think that there are fewer and fewer families so dedicated, you know, and that's, and that's part of the issue. Look, I remember recently, I have four daughters and a son, you know, this, our our listeners know this. And, um, and I am teaching my children uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, when dating, uh, not to be intimate, not to have sex until they get married. And I have friends of mine uh, who laugh at that. Jerry, you're being unrealistic. Jerry, this is silly. Jerry, you're so old fashioned. And I'm like, no, this is this is something that's critical and it's important. And and I and look, but if if, if and and, and I'm instilling these values. Here's the thing, Jerry. Let's assume for a moment, even if it is unrealistic, let's assume for a moment that it is that, that there's 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 nothing you can do to prevent somebody from having sex. Before. Well, of course, I mean, yeah, I, no, no, yeah, yes. I, 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 but but my but but that does not change the importance of the lesson which is what you want to do is you want to get your kids to take that step of physical intimacy seriously and not to approach it cavalierly right and that's the that right that's the importance of of the lesson in the end well, um i, I mean they're or part of the importance you, you don't have to answer this personally but uh-huh. i i know this again i have i have because i'm getting to that age i mean you know my oldest daughter is 22 and i'm getting to an age now where there are couples that i know who have children, adult children, 22, 23, uh, and their adult children are living with someone. I, I, I tell you right now, that won't happen with my children. Well, listen, and, it, and it, it would be hypocritical of me because Janice and I effectively lived together for a number of years before we got well, married. Like I said, I said you didn't have to answer it personally. Um, but, but, but even, no, but even, but, but even, but even hip, aren't as parents, aren't we supposed to be hypocritical? Aren't there things you did that you're telling your kids don't do? Not really. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, it's unless I'm making some kind of an object lesson. Um, but, but the reality is again, I just, I want my kids to be deep thinkers about their actions. And that is probably more hypocritical because right. Certainly I was not a deep thinker about my actions in many cases. Um, but I think that's, you know, that's, that's the importance of, of again, again, not to turn this conversation into a, into a discussion of theology, but the fact of the matter is that there are biblical ethics. And, and if you're a believer, and again, you know, not to be too religious, but if you're a believer, you know, Christ was, was very, very clear. He said, if you love me, you follow my commandments. Sure. And I, I think nowadays there are too many grownups, uh, grownups who go to church, uh, who create God in their own image. Oh, you know, sure. God, God doesn't care about that. Oh, God doesn't care. Well, yeah, well, he does. Right. It's, it's the, it's the cop out. No, I, I understand. Yeah. I understand this. It's, it's yeah, it's, but uh, I think that's part of the problem. Yeah. I think there are a lot of parents today who are like, well, you know, if my Jerry, kid is, I mean, listen, if, if my kid is, is trans or the parents who want to be best friends with their kids and don't want to actually be parents, which is that's whole, true. That's very true. Issue. That's I mean, good that, point. you know, you know, it, it and yes, and if I had the bell, I'd be, I'd yeah, be digging the bell right now. Skewing upwards of adolescence and the, you know, and, and the, the difference in, in terms of how men approach them. This is something I'm sure you and Guy Shepard have talked about and, and that plan man is embracing, but the idea of, of you know being a man in your 40s or your 50s even today is very different than uh, being a man of in your 40s or 50s even 10 oh 15 goodness. 20 years ago that's true um you know very and, true. and and again it's interesting because it gets down to what we were talking about with Christian about the issue of narcissism mm. um and 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 all of this is about the the sort of the, the self-centeredness i want to so, again i'm i'm going to go check out the podcast because yeah. 
you know, my 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 initial reaction to the you know, let's go back to where we began. My initial oh, reaction. And then we to have the, to go back to where we began. Yes. So go ahead. My initial reaction to the uh, Will Smith uh, slap. Uh, well, first, I mean, my reaction was he's he's a cuckold who slaps real yes. men, real men punch. But that's not, neither here nor there. It was a narcissist. It was a narcissism you know, that he made the whole Oscars about him. So, you know, it's interesting because I was at a I was at a, a meeting yesterday in D.C. and a longtime friend of mine. Um, and I, I'll, I'll tell you, I won't say his name on the air. I'll tell you off air. He said the exact same thing to me as we were getting on an elevator because I just don't understand. He smacked him. I don't understand why he didn't punch him. It was really it was a, it was like and it was, came from somebody I, I would never have expected to have to have said this. Jerry, I rudely interrupted you before we brought Christian on because you were talking about uh, the, the the vaccine oh. issue and the boosters and COVID-19. Um, so I want to come back to that. Well, there's a we silver the, there's a silver lining. Again, yeah. just to re- remind our viewers, um, Dr. Anthony Fauci was on the Sunday Sunday shows this past week, uh, said that uh, again, said it on truth said that the lockdowns actually saved lives. Uh, again, this is not my opinion. We know from the data, the science that's coming in, the evidence that more people will have died from the lockdowns than actually from COVID. Uh, from patient, or, uh, patient advocacy groups, physician groups, uh, uh, worldwide, more people will die from the lockdowns and restrictions and the lack of medical care, uh, the shutdown of the medical industry than from By the COVID. By South Korea, hold on, South Korea, has now surpassed the United States in cumulative numbers of cases, and they've oh, wow. had the most stringent lockdowns. Go ahead, Jerry. Wow. But anyway, but uh, but there's a silver lining to this because your 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 question or your comment was, "Hey, another booster." Yeah. Right. But, hey. But what's interesting about this is that I I I'm reading this differently. Uh, I'm reading it now as there's a booster available. Take it. Don't take it. In other words, then we're not getting into the shaming. We're not getting into the objectifying. It's a tool in the tool belt. And sure. if and if you're 50 and younger uh, and that sort of thing. And I think if 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 the government and public health officials offer these things up as tools for your health, I think more Americans would be receptive. I think I listen. I, and I and I and I appreciate that silver lining. My concern, of course, is that we are moving into another election. Another election season. Uh, yes. They're looking. They're looking for. They're looking so you're, to. You're smarter panic. than me. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. Listen, I, I appreciate what you're saying. I'm a despairing optimist. I, no, no. I think. I think you're right. Well, it, it's. It, listen. It, it, in in full disclosure, as we're recording this, I just got through. Um, I just got through an interview on Newsmax. Uh, my old friend Matt Keelan was also on with me, and I think he was also talking about similar silver silver linings. I am cynical because we've been here before. Fauci right. has been silent for a while. And now he's starting to pop up again. But we're talking about money. We're talking about money to states and individuals at the same time they want to give money for gas to people. Something um, that you might... raised weeks and weeks ago yes, with John, uh, but also on our podcast about yeah. this idea of a gas rebate. And here we are. They're so that was, and, and again, that was John Justice's yeah. idea too. But but the point is right. The other part of this is right. If they can c- convince people to get locked down again, uh, the demand for gas is going to go down. The price is going to come down. I mean, it's all of. Listen, I am. I am. I'm normally not this cynical, uh, but I am. I am certainly watching this stuff uh, uh, with that in mind. And then, of course, there's the abject cronyism, which is to say, the billions yeah. of dollars that the that the the, uh, the yes. The, yeah, the the uh, big pharma, uh, 
I was going to say big pharma. I was just going to say the vaccine manufacturers uh, were getting. Well, you you um, know, you know, I'm, I'm a defender of hey. the, in, the innovative companies. However, how pharma has behaved in terms of forcing and objectifying and shaming with the vaccines, yeah. I think is a, is a big black eye for the industry. Hey, so listen, before, because we, we are running up on time here. Sure, um, sure. Uh, there are two things. Uh, I want to send out prayers. Uh, I, I, I'm going to say this. Uh, we know that uh, uh, Anthony McCarthy, our friend from the, the uh, formerly from the NPR station in Baltimore, uh, he uh, uh, publicly said that he's had a, a, a stroke. I don't know how major or minor it is. So we're wishing him a speedy recovery. I won't get into the details. I know our good friend Tori Snow has been yeah. uh, uh, under the weather. Um, yes. Uh, to, to you know, to coin a phrase, uh, prayers to him for a yeah. speedy, speedy, speedy recovery uh, as well. Jerry, you are in tomorrow for Tori, are you not? Well, uh, I am in tomorrow for uh, Tori uh, uh, Friday on uh, WBAL, and of course, I'm in Sunday for the Jerry Rogers Show. Yeah, it should be a good show uh, on Sunday. Um, by the way, I want to thank the folks at uh, Notre Dame of Maryland for inviting me up with a great panel. Uh, a number of folks showed up, a number of listeners showed up. So thank you very much That's for great. that. Uh, I will be. And the great thing is, is that my travel schedule is much different than I thought it was going to be next week. So we'll come back next week with another uh, ep episode of uh, Andrew and Jerry Save the World. Uh, I know uh, uh, Jerry wants you to plant your feet, don't you, Jerry? Plant your feet. Find the truth first. Plant your feet. Stand firm. Uh, have a great week, everybody. Have fun and stay safe.